On this episode of In the House, we sit down with Adam Weedman, the owner of Ben Dumped. Now, I've been using Ben Dumped for several years, and I've always been blown away by their service and their commitment to excellence. So I got Adam on to talk about his background and the background of the company. We also talk about why he decided to start Ben Dumped. We talk about the challenges with startup and scaling up the business to meet demand. And we also talk about what is his mission, what are some current struggles that he's going through, and what does the future of the company look like. I also want to pause and thank GC Text Drywall for making this episode possible. Don't forget, if you like this episode, subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening. Well, man, I don't know about you, but these allergies are... Are they getting to you? Today. Yeah. They must like, be today because my eyes are itching. and uh, <laughs> It's funny. I went and had ac- acupuncture for only the second time today. Really? And I went last week and this week. And he said, you got to come about five or six times and kind of lower back. And I told him, I said, I still got the shit in my lungs from a, a month ago. Like, uh-huh. You know, coughing it up in my nose. He says, okay, well, we'll, we'll work on that. A little Chinese guy. And uh-huh. he, he puts it in me. He says, okay, these three are for your for your sinuses and your thing. Well, fuck hour after I leave there, my nose is running. It had to run all day. I'm like, is that from the allergies or is that because that little guy just did he something? He must have fixed it. <laughs> he must have getting all this shit out of my nose. Here it comes. Yeah, it well, I'm going gonna, gonna to try my best to not sound like a, a goober on here. But uh, <clears throat> but tell me, I'm interested to hear more about kind of your background and how you got into, I mean, so you're the owner of, of Ben Dumped. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I think before we get into the, the business side, you know, I'm hearing about the company, but I, I want to know about your background, like where are you from? Well, I mean, I, I grew up in Iowa. Okay. Yeah, and I uh, I uh, took a semester and I went to Europe, my last semester in school. I went to school over there, but really? because I did that, I didn't graduate till December instead of June with all my friends. Yeah, yeah. And it was freezing cold, so I, I took a job in Minneapolis, and uh, I told the guy I'd start like January 12th and came down to visit. I always thank one of my roommates for being the dumbest one of all of us because the only <laughs> job offer he got was in Houston, Texas. <laughs> this was 1990. And, uh, and uh, I went down to visit them Christmas through like New Year's and I said, man, I'm not going to go back to that shit. It was yeah. 75 degrees, played golf, you know, but a couple of Mexican girls <laughs> had a good time. <laughs> and, I, and I called my bot, called the guy I was going to start with. I said, I'm not coming to Minnesota. There's no way. I know my car wasn't going to start when I got back up there because that's where I flew out of. Right. My brother lived there. All my friends were in Chicago and Kansas City for the most part, Minnesota. Yeah. And I went down to visit him in Houston, and that was it. I mean, it was, you know, 33 years ago. Really? Wow. <laughs> I'd say 33 years, a wife and two kids, and my mom's still pissed off at me. <laughs> but uh, that was, that was kind of it. And then I've just always kind of worked, you know, for myself. I always knew I was going to do shit for myself. You know, I, yeah. I didn't mind. I mean, I like working. I've always worked, you right. know. And I uh, came down and was working for, an, you know, Started waiting tables and then worked at an insurance company, Prudential, and then went to Pacific Life. And they moved me up, up here to open an office. And I lasted a year and was was their top salesperson in the country. And I said I told my wife, I can't do any more than this. I can't work any harder than I just did. Yeah. And if they adjust their rates up, I'm going to make less money. Right. Because I won't sell as much. And Austin was, you know, this was when all the technology was booming. And I, I got involved in, in 
Well, what did you sell? Sorry. It, health insurance at oh, the time okay. with Pacific Life. Everybody knows Pacific Life right. today. Right? Okay. Back then, they didn't really. Yeah. They were a relatively new company. But I, st- I got involved with these associations, um, like state and local level associations that were wanting to put together health insurance plans. Yeah. And uh, we did that for a number of them. And then uh, HIPAA, you may have heard of HIPAA. I mean, it's yeah, a term that in healthcare. But that didn't exist then. But as soon as it passed, you couldn't basically decline people, right? You right. couldn't decline okay. people for their health issues, which prior to that, they, they did. They said, oh, we don't want you. Sure. Well, health insurance in associations, they'd have a plan that was a really, really, really competitive plan, right? But they could exclude the sick people. So it was a really good plan, right? So everybody's on it. Well, yeah. then when they when that passed, all the sick people got on it. When all and the rates went up, up, up. All the healthy people left, and they kind of imploded. They they just disappeared. But I got involved with the associations, and and somehow legal insurance came up. And you might have heard of there's a couple of policies out there. You know, there's a multi level marketing one that everybody had heard of. But there were some other real group legal insurance policies where like all the big corporations have it where their employees have access to lawyers sure so we got involved and started doing that with associations so like texas counseling association uh, uh, texas nurses association we put in these little uh, legal plans and i got involved with associations but then i realized not we're selling all these great products but they don't even have a website mm. so we started a software company we built their website and then we turned into their databases and we had you know, 1,700 associations in every state and three countries because uh, we were kind of the first one to come out with a web-based platform for oh, them. So cool. it wasn't software. Yeah. And what was cool about them is they all they all worked together. They were all friends. You know, so if you got Texas counseling, we ended up with 27 state counseling associations because we had Texas. Uh-huh. Well, then we started doing other stuff, managing their job boards and career centers. And then we had, you know, 50 bar associations and 50 state nursing associations. And the company just grew. So we have the software. And I had a whole group of salespeople over here because they, they had a staff of three, right? They're all nonprofits. And it just it just was a great great deal. And uh, unfortunately, I brought in a, a one shitty investor, and they only owned ten percent of the business. But they they were just assholes. Yeah. And it got to the point at the end where twelve years later, I said, "Yo, I can't do this anymore." And they were they were roadblocking me everything I did. And unfortunately, right. they had the right to do it. I brought on a CEO, a guy that I thought would be good. And he ended up spending a million dollars in ninety days and. And we couldn't make payroll, and we ended up yeah. losing four nine years into it. I had to you know get rid of forty percent of the staff, and Dang. and uh, but we we were good because our service was so good, and I've always been very service focused. Yeah, and our customers loved us, so we I said, look, just bear with us. We got a good team that's staying here, and uh, and we turned it around, and you know three years later sold it. But um, and then, like I said, I just kind of was dibbling and dabbling in a bunch of different stuff. And then Valente Beach came up, and my kids grew up out there. My, my 25-year-old now was a baby when we were out there. Really? And my second one wasn't even born. My wife would spend all day out there. I'd work all day at the insurance, and I'd go out there and meet them for lunch. I'd go back and work. And then at the really? start of the Finescape, same thing. For the first seven years of her life, that's all they did is hung out at Valente Beach in the summertime. Man, and, uh, lucky. And we ended up, uh, the, the company, the, the building that Ben Dumped is in today, I, I bought that from a, an old lady that lived in Valente, actually. It's funny, Valente's got a lot of history to it, and there's a lot, a lot of old-timers out there. Yeah, well, yeah, most of them have passed now, but at the time, it was like the Hatfields and McCoys. There were these two groups. They hated each other. <laughs> and the two families. I mean, the Davises, Libby was... The building that I bought used to be called Libby's. It was a bar. It's right there at the corner. I, I, think, I, I drive past that every day. So you know where it is. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I go past that location every day. Yeah, that it looks like be, a house. That used to be one of the hottest bars and, and it was a bait shop, a restaurant, a bar. Yeah, you're talking bar. about the bar down the road. 
No, I'm talking right. about that corner right there. The building oh, really? had been numbed. It used to be a bar. Oh yeah, it had, oh, they nice. had a stage outside. The Stevie Ray Vaughan played there. What? You know, Rusty Weir, all kinds of. I got pictures of all of them playing there, and the stage no, is still kidding. there, and the no, dance floor is still there. Yeah, that's awesome. I that's, what I, that's what I wanted to do with it when I bought it. I wanted to turn it into a bar and a restaurant. So I had plans and had everything had everything done, and I went to get the liquor licenses. I, luckily, I didn't build it out because I, I had to get all the stuff, and I got it from Travis County. And then the city of Austin said, "You you can't you can't do that there. That's that's our." Uh, that's in the city. I'm like, no, it's not. Uh, well, they had annexed that single property and, and the park across the street back yeah. in 1986. Nothing uh-huh. else. There's no water out there. There's no utilities, no nothing. Yeah. And uh, so we fought them for a little bit. And, and the, my guys are like, look, you can fight them and take it to court probably when, but you're going to spend a bicep. I'm not, not going to worry yeah. about it. We'll do something different. But when, anyway. did, when did they do away with the annexing? I think... Because Austin was doing that for a while where they were annexing like municipalities. Like oh, they annexed that. I mean, where I live now, Glen Lake and River Place, they annexed all that Stein Ranch. Yeah. And then right after that is when the state passed the law saying you can't unless they vote. But it right, was, right. You know, it's kind of like the property taxes now. You know, They just passed relief and they just jacked us up 150% last year. So <laughs> right. it's like, well, they're not going to go backwards now. Right, right. But, uh, you know, it's a good, I mean, it's just great out there. But anyway, Linda owned that building called Linda. And, and I talked to her, and she told me she owned those little bungalows across the street from Blante. You know, those little cabins. I, I think so. I mean, there's yeah. like four little cabins. I think stone so. Cabins yeah, built, yeah. Built in 19. Kind of on the water side? No, the, the on lakes? the other side. Oh. So, Beachside Billy's and the water park's on this side. Lake's right here. Right across the street on the corner, there's these five little uh, rock oh. cabins. I'll need to pay more attention. And I told her, I said, man, if you ever want to sell those, I'd be interested in buying them because my, my, my wife would make them vacation rentals. Yeah, yeah. Well, she called like probably four years later, five years later. So we, we were buying those, and he had sold the water park to somebody different, a young couple, and had kids. And I knew Rick. I mean, obviously, we'd been out there a lot, so I knew him. And uh, I knew he had sold it or was trying to sell it. And I saw them moving out. They were moving out of their, their house right next door. Uh-huh. And I called him up, and he was in New Orleans for his birthday, and he's like, I said, Rick, they're, they're leaving. They're packing. You all, no, they're not. They're, we're closing next week. I'm like, I'm telling you right now, they're packing. They're not. They're not unpacking. They're packing. They're putting shit in the truck. <laughs> Take it out. They better not be. So they they left. They backed out on the deal. Mm. And I said, you know what? We we didn't want it to be something different than the water park. So I called up another buddy and said, hey, we can sell this place. I mean, it's a great. It could be a great place. And that was right after the five year drought. He didn't put any money in it. It was kind of crappy. So I know seven years. <laughs> we're seven years into it now. And uh, but it's you know people love it. I mean the, the the locals are awesome out there. It's a great little group. It does and seem like a great spot. Summer summer. I mean you don't feel like you're eight minutes from the chaos of Austin, Texas. Yeah. I mean, you're, we were just talking about it at, at, at Purple Bee. We're out there. People are like look at this. This is like just you're out in the middle of nowhere. Uh-huh. And, and in ten minutes you're going to be at six twenty in Anderson Mill. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And uh, but anyway it's it's we like it out there. So we're we're making some changes out there this year. I'm trying to buy my partner out right now. He wanted out. Really. And we were going to sell it to the marina. And uh, that guy's kind of hemming and hawing. I said, you know, I really don't want to sell it. I said, it doesn't lose money. Even the shitty years last year was, it didn't lose money. Yeah. So I've got some other guys that live out there that want to be part of it. I said, let's let's get in it and let's do what it's capable of doing. And yeah, kind of focus cool. on the corporate parties because that's really where the money is. But yeah. That's kind of it. Then did that and been dumped. I, I was the investor of been dumped. Yeah. I, I put a guy in it. I, fi- I found a, a dumpster business. Well, been there, dumped that. You may have heard of that one. They got lime. I have, yeah. And I wanted to get into like... You know, before we go in, like, what was the what was the thought behind Ben Dump? Like, why why dumpsters? Why get into that? You know, again, my my whole 
background and everything is is I, I I had said I could start any business I wanted to and put others out of business just from service alone. Sure. And this was one of those businesses. I tried to order it when I was remodeling that place for to be a bar. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'd ordered dumpsters from from a company that's been around a long time. They're still around. Well, yeah. the owner's still driving a truck still yeah. today. And uh, he was just an asshole. I mean, the guy was like, like uh, I'm painting him to give him $600 for a dumpster. Right. Every time I was like, this is stupid. And I remember that uh, this friend of mine was just struggling. He tried a couple other businesses and he was in electronic sales and they'd, they'd kind of disappeared, right? Because the whole market just was gone. Right. So he didn't have a job. And I'd, I'd helped him try to start a car thing and that didn't work. And I said, look, I got an idea because I'd seen this, uh, been there, dumped that franchise for sale here in Austin, the guy down in Lakeway. Um, and it's a national franchise out of Canada, so they're pretty much in every city. Huh. And I'd call him up and said, hey, let's go check this out. So we went and checked it out. And he had two trucks and maybe, I don't know, not even 100 dumpsters, like 75 dumpsters. And But he said, well, I got a, I got a, a, an offer from a kid, and they're waiting for bank approval. And so I got I to gotta honor that if they're going to do it. Yeah. And the truck had like 180,000 miles on it. The other one was like 150. And I'm like, well, you know, this is all right deal. Sure. So let's look at it. Well, luckily for us, it felt that he sold it to the other guys. Because I told him, I was right. like, you're either going to sell it to us by Friday or we're moving on. He goes, well, let, I'll know by Friday. He sure. called and he said, oh, the bank approved it. We're done. I said, all right, Ron, just go figure out where they made the dumpsters. Right. I mean, the trucks are trucks. Unless we can yeah. buy trucks, no problem. And I'm glad we did because we started with all brand new stuff. Right. Looks you know, clean I put the money in. We got two trucks and 50 dumpsters and we started the business. And I did, you know, all kind of the office stuff on my own time. And he yeah. he'd get on the phone and started selling and that was, uh, what, 2015, 2016. Um, just kind of ramped it up from there. But then he started doing some dumb stuff. So I brought in another investor, one of the guys that was an investor in my software company. Uh-huh. And, and he's, uh, he's 80 years old today. But he always wants to be in everything I'm in because I made him good money. So sure, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and we were just investors. But then he, he and I both kind of said, look, we're not comfortable with what you're doing. We don't want to be part of this. So you either buy us out or we'll buy you out. Well, he didn't have any money. He tried for 90 days, and so we ended up buying him out. And I had another guy in there because I was working mainly on Valente Beach, getting it up and running. Yep. And I was, I'm still managing the restaurant and the bar out there. My partners were running the water park. And uh, when COVID hit, yeah, we didn't know what was going on, right? We didn't know if the water park was going to yeah. be able to open, didn't know if the restaurant was going to be open. In fact, it was closed, and we're fighting with the village because they're – you know, kind of the blue, some of them are blues out there, and they're like, oh, you have to close, you have to close. Well, the state says water parks can be open. Yeah. So the state overrides the county, and yep. Travis County and Austin, so we're, we're opening. Well, they they tried to, you know, push some buttons, and we, we, we but anyway, prior to that, I said, look, I can't I can't wait out here, and I can't pay this guy to do Ben Dunn, because even construction stopped for two weeks. Yeah, and I was going to ask kind of how y'all fared during that. I it mean, was I it kind of paused. It was only a couple of weeks, or yeah, maybe yeah. a month, but it was what well, it was non-essential. Well, then yeah. they opened it back up, and things yeah. just exploded. Yep. So I went over and started answering the phone. I told like the other guy, a friend of mine, I said, look, I can't afford to pay you. I got to figure this out myself. Yeah. So I got in there, started answering the phone. Well, things just started going. You know, the construction was going nuts, and we're getting calls from people that no one has dumpsters. No one had dumpsters. So I said, shit. I we had the capital. I said, we're just going to buy dumpsters. Yeah. And we kept on buying. So when COVID started, we had a hundred. And 60 dumpsters and four trucks. Now we have 13 trucks and 500 dumpsters. Jeez. And that's just from COVID. That's just less right. than three years. So I've added, there were two batches I bought of 150 dumpsters each, 100 and then 150. <laughs> that's wild. And these guys, you know, the companies we bought them from are in San Antonio. They were ecstatic. 
Yeah. Um, I said, just keep them coming. Keep them coming. We're going to keep them. And, and I was driving 80 hours a week. My partner was. I said, well, I was in the truck answering the phone. And, and then it, uh, the rest is history. We picked up a lot of great customers, a lot yeah. of custom builders. You know, yep, they, yep. they came to us and they said, man, you guys are so good. And I, I made a point of answering the phone all the time. I said, yeah. we write a sales book and it's going to be one page and answer the phone. That's it. That's going to be the title and yeah. one page. Answer the phone and do what you say you're going to do. Yeah, that's, that's definitely... I mean, I, I've been using you for, for several years. Yeah, I just drove by uh, a job site and I yeah. saw the bin dumped and decided to call the number. But um, but yeah, that's what I was most impressed with was you know just the the service. Yeah. You, you call and you actually you speak to somebody or you can text. That's yeah. what I like too. I mean, you can text and, and you get a text right back. And I mean, within that day or even the next morning, you, yeah. you get a box. Yeah. And that was super impressive because the company that I was using you know, those big 40-yard roll-offs, and I don't remember the name of the company, but, I mean, you'd call, and it'd be a week later before they'd come service you. And yeah, it's two like, days before they even call you back. Yeah. And, and, and that's, why was, that's why I was saying this is easy. It's yeah. easy. It's like, you know, it's, and even still today, I bet I get, I think today we got three calls from new contractors, and when I was over at the acupuncture, I stopped by two job sites. Both the guys said, yeah, I'm interested. I said, yeah. I promise you, you will not be disappointed in the service. He said, what about billing? All these little guys, they want the money up front. I said, I'm not little anymore. 500 dumpsters. I said, I get why they do it. Yeah. I said, but hey, you want to pay by check? Pay by check. As long as you pay. If yeah, you don't yeah. pay, I'll be pissed off and I'll, 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 I'll <laughs> you know, set up a lien against the property. I said, I'm done screwing around with that. And we, we've been screwed a few times, but... But now it's like, you know what, we're just going to let the, let the courts take care of it. Sure. Not, not enough to where it even matters at right, this right. point. But now we're getting some huge customers. I mean, we got one, La Copa Ventures. I mean, they're a cleanup crew for a lot of these uh, track builders. Yeah. And uh, they were using the company, and, and uh, he called us, and he said, look, well, you guys come highly recommended. And I said, look, there's only a few companies that can handle that kind of volume. They do 80 dumpsters a month. Yeah. And, uh, but now, shit, they went, they're our biggest customer, and they're the same thing. Their guys are like, man, you guys are, how do you do this? I yeah. said, it's, 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 we started from the beginning doing it, and I've made a point of we're not going to stop doing it. So now our new phone system, because I couldn't answer the text anymore. It that's was, what I wanted to get into was was how that's actually managed, because you got to be going nuts with the, the text messages and the phone calls. Like, how is that handled? Well, like I said, it was just me up yeah. until literally less than a year ago. <laughs> And it was a hundred. I'd go through here sometimes. I'd show my wife. I said, "Look, she, she'd say, wow, you're not that busy. I mean, you don't even understand.'" I said, "Look at this. I said, here's here's seventy five different text threads, right? And they have multiple texts in there just from today. Yeah. And there's probably forty two phone calls. Yeah. But it was it's it, it's just nonstop. You know, and it was nonstop. But then I brought in my oldest son. Brought him back from Colorado a year ago, a little over a year ago. And I got another guy in there, so we, I said, let's find, we need to find a system that allows text messages to come in, but they go to multiple of us. Yeah. Because I still want them to be answered quickly. Sure. Um, so now, you know, the, this Vonage system, it does that. It's not as good as texting, you know, yeah, yeah. on our end. Like, I can't unread something. I can't. Uh, okay. So we've had to come and say, okay, how do we make sure we know one's been read? So if, if someone starts with me and then someone else accidentally hits it, it shows it read. Yeah, yeah. And so we have to make sure that we... We've got little thumbs ups and stuff like that. We're like, all right, if you see a thumbs up, it's been answered. Okay. And, and you can kind of look at the main screen and you can see those. So you can see the thumbs up right there. So we know it's been uh. done, right? Without having to do anything, without having to open it up. But we're still experimenting with it. Sure. You know, and, and it has its issues. Like yesterday morning, for five hours, we weren't getting texts. And we didn't even think about it until it was like 10 o'clock. Something's not right. This is a Monday. Yeah, yeah. Phone should be ringing. Well, we missed a bunch. And they couldn't get them for us. And luckily, two or three called before the end of the day. Hey, did you get my text? And wow. one just called today, like at 3 <laughs> o'clock. I said, yeah, there's another one. 
I said, we'll get, he's, it's okay. We weren't that stressed, but tomorrow's fine. And I said, now there's no in the future. If you don't get a thumbs up back from us within a, a minute or two, or at least five, 10 minutes, then, then text us again. Did you get that? Uh, and he said, no problem. I'll, I'll do that. How many people do you have like managing the phones now? Is it- there's, there's four of us that get the text messages and the okay. phone. The phone rings to all of us. And now we have a tree. So it'll say, if you're a new customer, press one. Well, those all go to me okay. on, on a different phone. I've okay. got another phone. Yeah. And we'll get probably five to seven of those a day. But when that phone rings, I know it's a new customer. 100%. Brand new customer. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, if you're an existing customer, press 2 or text this number, what you need. Uh-huh. But we do a lot of it by text. So, But we are outgrowing, not that, but our software we're now outgrowing. You know, It works well in a lot of areas, but but it doesn't work well in a lot of areas. So now yeah. now we've got to figure out, okay, I, I want to be able to give you guys the ability to write through your phone, You know, click a QR code on a dumpster, and that QR code goes with dumpster 2120, for example. That's smart. And the second... You tag, you just say you, you just click it and say swap, that's it, that and it smart. goes right into our system. Yeah, and we know it's a swap for CAN twenty one twenty, which automatically knows the address because that's where it is. And if we can do that, it just saves us a whole lot of time from a yeah. from a productivity standpoint. Same with invoicing and billing and and credit card processing. Like the system added where I can accept credit cards online, but someone adds it in and it doesn't save it. She goes, oh, we can't. I said, that's bullshit. I had a software company 20 years ago. We saved every credit card, and you can do it because it's through BluePay, CardPoint, which is the largest in the world. So don't tell me you can't do it because all your competitors do it, yeah. and I'm going to be switching to them if you could because okay. they, somebody put a credit card in and pay a bill, then we go pick it up, and it's two tons overweight, and then they don't pay that, that $140 balance. Why well, yeah. lose money on that? Yeah. I mean, the margins are pretty slim anyway. On $400, you are, our net's maybe $65, really? what we might net per on box? It. Yeah, yeah, at most. So when they're overfilled and they're not willing to pay if, that over. If that's two then, tons over, I yeah. just lost seventy five dollars on the yep. camp because I got to pay an extra hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, it's all by weight, you know. Right, right. So anyway, software, software will be our next big thing, and you know, just keeping drivers happy. I mean, we offer health insurance. We do paid vacation. I'm paying them at least ten to fifteen grand more than anyone in town. What's the biggest struggle? Like, what's the biggest hurdle? I guess is it is it on the software side, or is it really more on the the hardware side. You know, I mean, logistics people are always the biggest struggle. Yeah, you ain't lying. That's I don't true. care if I, I had a lot of white collar people. I had guys that made three hundred fifty grand a year, and they're all they're all a pain eventually. Yeah. But, but drivers, in this sense, they were for the first few years. But now that we're paying more, you know, we're getting a better caliber of person that sure. shows up for work. You yeah, know, that's the key. Yeah. Are they going to show up? If they show up, you know, we can work on the rest. Yeah. You know, and I don't mind paying them more, but they get a little lazy. Like they'll forget to put boards down or forget, oh, I didn't have any boards. We need to have any boards. That means you didn't go through your pre-check at the beginning of the day because one of them is, do you have boards in your truck? What's the pre-check? At pre-check you- on the truck and making sure you got everything with you for the day. Okay. You've got your shovel and your flashlight and your, and your bungees and your straps and all the stuff you might need on a job for that day. And if they don't have boards, because we we put boards down on yeah. on hard services, we're one of the only companies in town that does it. Yeah, I was um, I was actually surprised by that. I think one of the first times I used you guys, I it was a really tight lot, and we were needing to pour the the driveway, and the only place I could put it was in the garage, which is wasn't ideal. But yeah. I was like, man, we got to put this this box in the garage. And I asked your driver, and he's like, oh yeah, it's no problem. Yeah. And he just he backed that thing right up and just. 
ease it on into the. I mean, this was a finished garage, basically. Yeah. Eased it right in. Yeah, they put, don't usually damage this concrete anyway, unless it's already kind yeah, of yeah. damaged. Yeah. But but in a garage, I can't put boards down in the garage because you got to roll it all the way back. Yeah. You know, now if they put boards on the ground, if I have a if I have a sixteen foot two by four, we can put it down and roll it all the way back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and some guys have done that. Yep. Say, look, if you want it on boards, bring bring me a sixteen or twelve foot two by four to them, and we can roll it, start and roll it all the way back. Yeah. And to get on the garage door, some of them are tough. Usually, we put them in the garage. That means they don't have a permit. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually we we now charge extra for that because it is a pain. I mean, and, yeah. and and there's a lot more chance of these drivers doing damage to somebody's house, you know. But we we've been pretty lucky. Yeah, we 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 hound our guys. Our trucks are in good shape, and I've got trucks with three hundred thousand miles that hardly have a dent in them. Dang. And I see other trucks driving around town with missing fenders and bashed in yeah. front ends and missing headlights and. We, we really don't. We've had one accident in, I bet, we got to close to 2 million miles now on our trucks. First impressions are, are, it's super important. And, I mean, one of the guys we actually talked to on the on the podcast, Wade Lombard, he, he was, uh, him and his family started uh, Square Cow Movers. Yeah. And that was one of the things they, they always told their drivers was you, you cannot put trash or clipboards or anything in the dashboard of the truck. You know, there should be no trash. Like, this truck should be spotless. You know, when you're going down the road and you see a truck with trash all on the dashboard, yeah. you know, people are looking at the trash. They're not yeah. looking at the logo that's on the side of the truck. And and so it's it's small things like that, you know, like making sure you have boards and, yeah. and protecting the finished surface. It is. And, even things like shirts now. We're looking at, okay, yeah. we got to get shirts for everybody. And we have them, but... They get them so dirty so fast. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we have the, the neon orange and yellow because you got to have a vest at the right. landfill. So we're like, well, kill two birds. Well, they get so dirty so quickly. <laughs> I, like, I don't want to wear black. I was like, all right, we got to figure this out because I'm, I'm not letting you wear that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> some guys, they wear their worst clothes possible because right. they're getting dirty. Yeah, yeah. And things like smoking them. We've had policies and they, and they slack a little bit. Like right now, I go, when it's, look, we, we said it before. We said it a million times. Do not smoke on someone's property. Uh, if you're going to smoke, you do it at a quick trip and it's your own time and, you know, whatever. I said, but do not get out and smoke cigarettes. We know I'm smoking the truck, and there's a couple that are doing it. So we're kind of this balance yeah. of, of do we fire them? Because then it's then it's we got to get back in the truck again, and you lose ground. And it takes it takes it takes a good month or more to get someone probably two months before they're really comfortable in a truck. Because sure. it might look easy, but it, it's easy if it's flat like this. Yeah. But if it's like that or like that or like this, it's not. It, it's scary a little bit. Oh shit, the thing's gonna fall off. It usually doesn't. Right. But there are some times where you're like, doesn't. oh. <laughs> There's some times where you're just like, I remember, you know, the thing makes noises or bangs and you're like, wow, shit, is it falling off? Yeah. But, but uh, you know, and it just depends how it's loaded and how heavy it is. But there's some there's some sketchy, we oh, do I'm some sure. sketchy driveways. I'm some, sure. People say, oh, this is a really steep driveway. I said, okay, the driveway's no problem at all with an empty can. Yeah. But what are you putting in it? You put five tons in it. That's pretty sketchy coming down the hill and having to take a sharp right up a hill. Yeah. Like over in, in Westlake or out in Lakeway. I mean, we've gone some driveways there. Oh, it's yeah. nasty. Yep. I had to go check one over here on Pascal for a, for a um, Ford, straight, Ford Straight Builders. And I said, yeah, it's not a problem for our trucks. But like I said, taking that sharp turn out of the driveway up a hill or, or down a hill is even worse. you got to go down a hill and turn like that, and it's yeah. side heavy. I said, just, and he said, no, nothing heavy is going in. I said, look, if it's two tons, two and a half tons, that's fine. But if it's five tons... I mean, the driver's going to crap his pants <laughs> with a 20-yard. Yeah, ten, yeah. ten yards, no problem. No sure, what. yeah. A 20-yard, don't overload it and don't make it top-heavy because it'll be, it'll be scary coming out of that driveway. Yeah. 
because they feel like they'll roll. You well, know? hopefully he listened. Yeah. Is that, is that the biggest struggle is probably finding, finding drivers, finding good guys? It was, for sure. Like yeah. I said, we've been pretty good now, but we just lost lost one the other day. But they, they get lazy after a while, and I get it, but they don't, you know, you know what it is. You got guys that, uh, I tried telling them, I said, it's up to you as to how you grow with this business. You don't always have to be a driver, but if you have a driver mentality and you have an hourly mentality, that's all you're going to be. Yeah. And I try to tell these guys. I remember my oldest kid that's with us now. I mean, when my kids were growing up. I said, don't ever ask how much you're making because it doesn't matter at your age. When yeah. you're 16, 15, it doesn't matter. Just go in and do your best you can possibly do. Be, be the star, and I promise you, an owner will always pay you. And yep. they'll never want to lose yep. you. And my oldest kid did that. He was at a 7-Eleven. I remember the guy said, man, Max is 16. He's my gold standard. Right. I don't have 30-year-olds that, that work like he does. Right. And he never, he never asked. He, even when I hired him, he didn't ask me how much I was going to pay him. Man, I was I was talking about my wife about that the other day about just customer service, you know, and how important it is. I think you should write a book on customer service. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's it isn't it doesn't it's second nature to me. Yeah. But now I hear my well, guys. That's how you were brought up. It yeah. seems like when I have guys like heard me on the phone the other day, one of my guys like, "Man, you're so smooth at that you just." I mean, e- even with I've got a 50 year old I just brought in. This guy was a senior VP. It's a friend of mine, a senior VP of of. Uh, reverse supply chain for Apple and Microsoft, managing billions of dollars of warehouse space all over the world. Yeah. And when I hear him on the phone, it's like, it comes across as, as not not rude, but a little bit almost, but he doesn't mean to be. Yeah. But he's like, hey, we need to get paid. <laughs> you don't have to say it like that. I said, look, customers will almost, they'll always pay, right? We're yeah. very, very, very few in terms of the tens of thousands of dumpsters we've handled. We sure. have 10 dumpsters, yeah, not different. even 10 that I've had to dump out, five or six. You know, two that we've had to file liens again. That's it. I said, so they pay. They're just busy. So yeah. just say, hey, just a reminder, I need to get the check. Now, if it's five or six times and they don't call you back, then you start getting a little irritated. Yeah, yeah. You say, look, I got it until Monday or we're going to have to pick it up and dump it out. They almost always call them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, yeah. I, and it's just a way to approach it, right? It's just a way to be a, to approach it. I said, our goal is to build a customer base, not run off, not build 10 and then run off three. Yeah, build yeah. 10 and run off three. And we're trying to add 10 and then add another 10. You know, even as answering the phone, I mean, people would joke with me when I was first during COVID. They're like, why, why are you answering the phone on a Saturday and Sunday? I said, you know, an old guy taught me a long time ago when I was in insurance. He said, if you work half a day on Saturday, you'll be basically thousands of hours ahead of anyone else in just a couple of years. That's true. I took that to heart because he's right. And when I explained it this way, I said, look, a Saturday morning, let's just say a Saturday, I would get, even the busy time, I would get 10 calls. Sunday, I'd get three. Uh-huh. I said, who, who do you think gets that business? Who's answering the phone on Saturday besides me? Yep. Nobody. I said, so I got all of them. I said, now take that times 52. That's 520 new dumpsters. You think they only order one? Huh. A bunch of them order a bunch. That's how we grew the business. Yeah, Guys, I didn't have to deliver it on Saturday, but the fact I answered the phone, if they're looking for dumpsters, I mean, I can't get a hold of somebody. I said, I'll have it there Monday morning. Okay, great. Well, then they became customers. You do that math, yeah. right? Over four or five years, you're 2,500 more dumpsters. And a whole shitload more customers. Yeah. And as long as you take care of them, you should never lose them. I tell my guys every day, every meeting we have, I say, guys, I've said it. Once we have a customer, if we lose them, it's our fault. Yeah. 100% our fault. And it better not be your fault. <laughs> yeah. I tell my guys, I don't like to yell, but if I'm yelling at you, it's your fault. It's yeah. not mine because I don't like to yell. <laughs> and if, I, if I, I've hinted, I've suggested, I've done everything I can do to get you to do what I need you to do. And then when you don't, I finally start yelling. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. But yeah, sales is, sales is not hard. I always say sales is being in the right place at the right time or just being excited about what you're selling. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what it is. 
I was used to selling. I said, I said, if I really got bored, I'd go sell Jeeps because I've had a Jeep my whole life. Really? I've had probably 10, 10 Jeeps. I love Jeeps. I said, I could sell Jeeps better than anybody. Because yeah, I've, had them. I've done all kinds of crazy shit on them. I said, I could sell them just by telling people stories of what I've done in the Jeep. But uh, well, you, yeah. you, so you service more than just the Austin area now, right? Shit, we go from Colleen. I got dumpsters in Colleen right now, and I have dumpsters in Seguin. Yeah, dang. And I have dumpsters in Lockhart. And we have crap loads of spice. We kind of own the West Side because when you Google now dumpster rental in Spicewood or Driftwood or Lakeway or Lago Vista or Leander, we're, we come up first. Really? We got so much. But that's probably because we're closer out there. Our, sure. That, that lot is. But yeah. I don't necessarily want all those because we, we, I'm going to have to raise my price out there because it's just so, so expensive. Far. Yeah, and there's no landfills. There never will be out there. All yeah. the landfills are east. And then funny, like Max just told me, we have 38 jobs already scheduled for tomorrow, and only three of them are east of 35. Oh, wow. That's it. So, And, and if I really dig at it, we have a bunch in Westlake. We kind of have a crap load in Westlake, too. But after that, they're all outside of 360. They're mm. in, in Leander we, and, and Lago and Cedar Park. So there's a 45-minute drive to the landfills. Yeah. You know, and you guys sit in, sit in line. But we're getting big enough now where we're trying to negotiate kind of special treatment. We can go around the lines. And, oh. and you know, Travis County is, is open to it. They're like, we, we spend a million dollars a year in landfill fees. So, okay. um, you know, we're kind of telling them, look, we got to either get in you're killing us. And I, 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 either that or I'm going to have to sell my full cans down across the street where we have a yard and then run them all in at 6 o'clock in the morning or 4.30 in the morning in Hutto, which we'll probably still do that because we're trying to get efficient now. Now we're like, I can't have a driver go to the landfill six times a day, and every time he's there, he's 40 minutes. Yeah. You know, they won't even get, barely get six jobs done there. Yeah, yeah. But, like, today we tested out a deal with two drivers. One of them did 11 jobs, and that's huge to do well, for one driver to do 11 jobs yeah. in one day. And we had him setting down, setting down full cans and taking off, and he's going to go back in the morning at 4.30 and dump them. Wow. So we're just trying to figure out now. Logistics is, at our stage, is the toughest thing. Trying to figure out, okay, how do you how do you save money now? Yeah. Right before, we had so much coming in, and we were all working, including me, driving a truck. Well, now I got four office people that aren't driving full time. Well, that's you know a couple hundred, you know probably three hundred grand in salaries that weren't there just a year ago. Right. So now I said, okay, now guys have got to get really efficient at saving money, while also bringing in more business. So. Um, that's kind of where we're at right now. But we're being begged to go to San Antonio. We're, we, we almost bought a property. I, I bid on it, but we got outbid it, I guess. Um, kind of in that triangle of Lockhart, New Braunfels, San Marcos, and Seguin, right uh-huh. in the middle there. And what's nice there, there's three landfills within 25 minutes. Oh, yeah, okay. So there's a bunch of landfills down there. There's one right off of 35 and between San Marcos and New Braunfels. Yeah. There's one in Luling. There's one in uh, just north of Lockhart on the toll road. And they're all brand new for the most part. Okay. So the prices are good. So I think that's going to be a big move for us this year. And then I got a driver uh, from Houston that is here now, but uh, we're going to open Houston probably in June, North yeah. Houston. No kidding. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to get into is what you know what you thought kind of the future of Ben Dumps looked like. I mean, we were, there was a point where we, we were looking at Phoenix and, and – the guy I was working with, he opened a dumpster company in Phoenix. And yeah. I said, look, I kind of changed my mind. I said, look, I, I, I don't have the bandwidth to do this. I'm 55 years old. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I brought my kids. Look, I've been working a lot. I mean, and I like to work. I, just, I, I can't sit at home and do anything. Yeah. Do nothing, I mean. So I, I've <clears throat> kind of said I, I like to work, but I need to start doing it at my own. When I want to, want to I need to take my wife on some vacations that she likes. You know? Yeah, yeah. And she said, you can't keep working this hard. And I can't. I tell people, I, I've worked more than most 80-year-olds already, you know, <laughs> at 50. 
Yeah. Um, but it, but it's, I do it because I like it. You know, I yeah. like to get feedback from customers saying you guys are awesome. Just like at Valente Beach, I mean, I made sure our menu, I, I told people, I'm not serving shitty food. I'm not even serving shitty party food. Yeah. I'm not serving cold burgers. I'm not serving cold cheese and cold buns in a pan. I mean, so we, we bought a food trailer, and you get burgers to order even for a party of 100 if they want. And they order them when they want, and they come out hot and fresh and melted, and people are like, man, this is a great burger. That's a lot better than cool. normal party burgers, you know? Yeah. But I, that's just that's – just, I didn't think it was different, but I, I know now it is. You know, people don't think like that. And now I know I go into a new restaurant, and I was like, this is going to last more than five months. I said, whoever built it has never had their food because it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You go yeah. to a new restaurant, it's like, this, this food is shitty. What, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, but, but, um, we kind of said, like, if we go from here, San Antonio and Houston, we'll have three to 5,000 dumpsters in the next seven to 10 years. Yeah. And it'll be a $25 million a year business. That's Jeez. plenty. And it's just... That's you know, huge. I just bought out all my partners from now. It's just me right now, but the guy that I just brought in will probably buy in a small chunk. But we're looking at adding other services too. So we got builders that have asked for the portable containers. They said, look. Yep. And they big one, you know, Arrowhead and, and a couple others. They said, look, we'll use you exclusively if you have these. If you want to get into fencing, you want to get into the, the drainage socks, you want to get into yeah. porta potties, the uh-huh. big one. And, uh, you know, I, I partner with a company right now, Blue Chem, and okay. I, I sell Blue Chem dumpsters. Yeah. So guys can just come to me and say, I need a dumpster and a porta. And really? They, they can, I didn't know that. Yeah. They can tell me that and then we're done. Okay. And they don't have to. Go to two places, and it's still basically the same price. Yeah, because they give. I'm, I'm, I think probably their second biggest customer right now. So they give me a good price, and I can make fifteen dollars for invoicing. You know, oh, cool. yeah. they make a bunch of money out of yeah, it. Yeah, but there's possibilities to to buy a portal company eventually. You know, and merge merge with some of these companies that really fit together well with us. Yeah, because that's what we did at the. I tell you, it's a software company, an association. Our goal was to do everything they needed to do from a sales perspective. We were their sales team. I said, we'll sell your job board. We'll sell insurance. We'll sell your products and services that you've put together. Um, anything they want, we want to be able to, to give them. So that's, a, that's been my sales model from day one. It's like, look, if I have a relationship with somebody and they love us, well, anything I bring to them that they already buy, they're yeah. probably going to buy from me. So, yeah. uh, but you know, Portos was logical for sure. And yeah, now, now that these, I just got off the phone with our manufacturer today and I said, can you build me these? These containers just build me a dumpster with a lid with a roof on it. And he said, "All right." And he gave me price today. I said, "We'll probably order five to ten initially, and it'll still pick up just like a dumpster. We'll set it down just like a dumpster, but it'll be a portable storage container oh, so cool, where yeah. they can lock the back." And that's that that's handy. Yeah, because I mean, we utilize storage containers. I mean, just about every job, we, we have multiple ones. Yeah, I didn't even, I, I mean, I've seen them, but I see the mobile minis and stuff, but I didn't yeah. realize they charge what they do for them. Oh, and yeah. They told me what they pay for them. I'm like, shit, that, I let a dumpster sit, you know, for 30 days. I let them sit for 60 days with our our, our, our best partner builders. So it's like for $500 a month, I mean, we can do that, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because the dumpsters are, I mean, it'll probably be five grand, but in a year, then you paid for it. Mm-hmm. Right? And they don't, they don't, especially containers like that. They're not going to get banged up and dented ever. They'll probably last twenty years. Yeah, those solid steel ones. So yeah, we'll, I expect us to have those probably in the next month or so, at least a couple of them. And then if it takes off, it takes off. And I really got to do a little more research and see, okay, how many people really will buy these things? Yeah, and rent them. But uh, a couple of the bigger ones probably they'd use ten. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they'd use the first ten. Um, but anyway, that's that's kind of our growth plan. Now we said, look, let's just make a great family or a locally owned business and not worry about being the biggest in the country because there's no yeah. need to be. Service first. Yeah. And just stay right here local. 
and we've got there's wholesalers in this business too you know that that they they're mainly their technology companies is what they are so if you google dumpster around austin there's a couple that come up they look like dumpster companies but they're not they don't own a single dumpster really they get the business and then they call us <laughs> so we give them a good price kind of just like i do portos you know yeah. they, they get a little markup on it and they got salespeople all over the country answering the phones mm. and they're in every city so they've said hey move to houston we'll give you 20 25 jobs a week you move to san antonio we'll give you 20 jobs a week it's because they love us i mean yeah, they, they yeah, love yeah. the fact that they send us something that's done yep. um, in 24 hours um so that, that'll help us grow and we've already got some builders like i said so I, that's that's a good path for us yeah we can still take some free time or one of us can disappear, or two of us can di- like th- all three of us just went to Steamboat for Music Fest, and we were just around the business, sitting around the kitchen table because <laughs> <laughs> all three of our phones were ringing. Right, so yeah. Max was on the ski slope. He answers one. Where, what did you, you answer that call? Yeah, I'm sitting up here at the uh, at the bar. That's so cool. <laughs> we said you're fixing to go on vacation yourself too, right? I go to uh, I'm just going to Cancun on Friday just for a couple of days. It's yeah. so close. You Cancun, you can go down Friday and come back Sunday, and it's worth it. Because you can fly. You never been to Cancun? I've never been to Cancun. It's only an hour and thirty minutes on the Southwest. They got nonstops now. They're cheap. Yeah, I don't. I don't have much disposable income. I got two little ones, and Ah, that's you know they're in school, and that's about you know all I can do. You know, we've all been there. (laughs) Tell I'm I'm glad my oldest kid he remembered it, and he said, "Man, what you guys have done to get, get us where we're at." I mean, I remember. Man, starting, starting when I left the insurance company, for example, like I said, I was top salesperson in the country. We had everything. My wife and I had, we had a boat, we had a house, we had cars, we had everything we wanted at 27, 28 years old. Wow. And I left it, went to zero. And, wow. uh, you know, she was eight months pregnant with my oldest kid. And I remember saying, I can't do this anymore. I have to do She was, I mean, it was, it was stressful. And then I racked up 70,000 in credit card debt, just paying bills. And wow. I always say, had Austin not grown and the value of my house that I bought for 160 grand, off the Spicewood Springs, it had views. Yeah, it had it not gone gone up to four or five hundred, and I borrowed money every year against it, and I paid paid to live basically while we grew the business, and it worked. But I mean, there were plenty of days where I'm like, we don't have any money. I'd go to the ATM, I'd five bucks, Jeez. and I had t- a kid then too. I'm like, she's like, what are we gonna do? I said, it's it's, it's working. I can tell it's working. That's a big gamble. I said, it's a it's a I have we have a product that they want and that they need an association. Like I said, we were really almost too early for them. Yeah, we'd have like an email blast program, right, where they could email their members. And I remember talking to some groups. They had four thousand members. How many emails do you have? Uh, five. <laughs> <laughs> they tell me five. Wow. I'm like, that's it. I said, shit. I'm gonna count on you having half your half your. Okay, yeah, your next renewal, you're gonna ask for an email address from every one of your members. And uh, that was funny because they were like, wow, we don't need to do that online. We, we, we're, we're good at it. But yeah. it worked out. It took me six years longer than I thought it would before we sold it. I figured it would take six or seven years. Because <laughs> that was a dot-com boom in Austin, dot-com. Everything was dot-com this, dot-com that. Yep. And I'd actually started one before that went out of business because these two guys, that, two old guys I went into business with just basically tried to screw me. Oh, really? <laughs> and it was, yeah. They, they tried to t- steal the business from me. But luckily, I was the face of the whole thing. But they made me look really bad to these customers because I was out traveling all over, meeting them face-to-face. And, and luckily, the guy that became still my friend, the investor, I tell you what, he, he had just come in, and he was looking at putting money in the business because they knew him. They uh-huh. knew him through through somebody else. And uh, I remember I, I caught him lying to me. So I'd, I'd actually caught him lying to me. I knew they were lying, and I went and, and watched what they were doing. I said, these fuckers are lying to me. Wow. So... I went to a friend's wedding in, in Colorado, and this, again, Bob, his name's Dr. Bob. He called me up. He said, I'm supposed to offer you $60,000 for your portion of the business. 
And I'm like, really? I said, so you're going you're gonna to buy me out for 60 grand and you're going to put $300,000 into that business with those guys and with me not there? He says, I didn't say that. And he, he's a smart guy, right? He, yeah. he's, he's been a UT marketing professor. He's been in a lot of lawsuits. He's an expert witness. That's where he makes all his money. And he said, uh, <clears throat> and he, he was on the board, so he had a fiduciary responsibility to, to keep the company going. Yeah, yeah. And he said, let me, say, let me ask you this. He said, if you left, uh, do you think you could start this company again and, and do it the right way? I said, yes. And he says, well, I don't think you'd have any problems finding the money. <laughs> That's what he said to me. Yeah. I, I said, okay, I think I understand what you're saying. He goes, okay, good. I'm going to say it again. He said, I think if you left and started it over, you'd have no problems finding the money. <laughs> and, I, and I just asked him if he was going to put 300 grand, and he, he spotted me 300 grand. Wow. <laughs> you know, two months later, they, they shut it off. The next day when I said no, uh, by Monday it was shut off. And, and it, it took me two, three years to get some of those customers back, though, because I made them look bad. These yeah. executives, they looked bad to their boards. and. But I went and apologized to their face, you know, in different cities. And yep. I did an apology to her. And, but they, you know, again, I'm an honest guy. They can tell that. I said, I'm going to bust my ass to get a better product out there, and we're going to make you guys money. And we did. So it was kind of, it's fun bringing all this thing. I haven't talked about that stuff for a while. Yeah, oh, good. <laughs> bringing up good memories. Yeah, very good. But we've done some good. Uh, I don't know if you go drive up and down at 360 right there at Westlake. You looked over that building and seen uh, Affinipe. Have you heard of Affinipe? Uh-uh, no. It's I... not one of the buildings there. <laughs> We started that, and it kind of pisses me off because at one point I owned 16% of that company, and she just sold it for about $150 million. Oh, no way. And those shitty investors I tell you about, they yep. forced us to sell our portion for five hundred grand. Oh. We own 40% of that business, and I own 40% of Affinescape, so I had 16% of that company. <laughs> and, uh, oh, well, all the decisions yeah. aren't great ones. <laughs> yeah, you win some, you lose some. Right? Yeah. My wife's like, oh, you can have this and this and this. And yeah, but you know what? I, I put another guy in a, uh, it's called the Rally Ranch. I've never heard of the Rally Ranch. He, he has rally, rally racing school out at uh, Pascoda. And uh, I took Max, my oldest kid there, when he was 16, but he had it down in New Braunfels, like just a little nine-acre pasture. Uh -huh. and it, but it was fun as hell. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'm looking, looking for him. I don't have any money. And Dave was probably a 28-year-old kid, 26-year-old kid. And I'm like, man, this is fun. And, and my kid had a blast, you know. And we found a 138-acre property out in Dale, Texas, yeah. back when stuff was relatively affordable. So I, I bought it for him, and I said, all right, you're going to pay every penny of it. And I was going to be part of it, and then he, he was he just a kid, and he was just doing some dumb stuff to you, but not 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 like the other guy, not crooked stuff. Right. Just, I, just so flaky. I'm like, ah, I don't want to be part of this. You just pay all the bills, pay the mortgage, pay the rent, pay everything. And I'll give you this deal five years. It's going to go up every year. If you buy it at the very end, it's going to be X dollars. Well... It was kind of guaranteed. I still made decent money, but the second he signed it, which was literally the last day he could have bought it before the whole agreement disappeared, and I reminded him, hey, it's coming up. Uh, but he went out and got uh, Travis Pastrana and Bucky Lassick, some big, big guys involved in it. And wow. now it's freaking awesome. If you get a chance to pull up Rally Ranch, and it is Rally Ready is the company, but it, it's got unbelievable tracks and trails and the Subarus and just, I mean, they have all kinds of fun crap out there. If you like watching these cars, uh, I mean, yeah. this guy can drive. He, he took me through these trees in a, in a Yamaha UTV with no doors and windows on it, going 80 miles an hour through the trees. We come around like Jesus Christ, let me out of here. Let's do it again. No, I don't want to do it again. But you got to be half crazy to drive like that. Oh yeah, yeah, you do. These are like, like, like rally car kind yeah, of like they're yeah, they're all wheel drive Subarus and they're sliding sideways and jumping and Jeez. they got Raptors out there. I mean, now he's got everything. Yeah. I mean, back when he started, he said four or five cars that he would hand put together. Jeez. His guys would hand hand build these things. These Acuras and that stuff. That sounds fun. 
But another thing, when he, when he bought that property, he probably had instantly a million dollars in equity in it. I mean, it's 130 acres, 10 yeah. minutes past Coda. So, but anyway, my wife said, oh, you, 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 you're too nice. I said, yeah, that was the deal I made him. I'm not yeah. going to turn around and screw him. And that comes back to bite you too. I said, I'm done fine. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. Again, I grew up in Iowa. I didn't have much anyway. But. Right. Well, Adam, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. And um, I, I really envy your, uh, you have a mind for business. And uh, that's something I wish I had. And um, I love listening to you talk, and I hope everybody else enjoys it too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was glad, glad to be here. Yeah, and I, um, I appreciate you coming out here. Well, so. if, uh, if I can help in any way, I'm happy to help. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you.